Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, tracking the Toronto Raptors 126-98 win against the New York Knicks. Riker, Toronto Raptors set a record for most consecutive division wins on their home court. An NBA record, I believe it's it was at 23 straight. That's kind of a fascinating stat thing to look for, look at the Toronto Raptors, but you know, we played against New York Knicks. They're currently the the bottom of the league, even though they do have some talent on their roster. I don't think they're completely abysmal, but the Raptors handily won this one. In R.J. Barrett's return to Canada, return home, mm-hmm. an absolute beatdown yeah. tonight. And Ben, I predicted yeah. in our call last night before before we fin or after we finished our podcast, I predicted that mm-hmm. the Raptors were going to win by fifty five points tonight, or Marcus Morris was going to score eighty and win. I was a little bit in between here. Thirty points, yeah. still a still an incredible blowout, yeah. and. You know, you're talking about history or talking about records. They all they tied was it their record for most threes in a game, I believe, this game tonight too. So impressive all around victory for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, certainly. And you know, RJ Barrett's return, he he was solid tonight. He ended up buying, I think it was three hundred friends and families tickets, or he didn't mention who bought it, but there's three hundred people in te- in attendance to see RJ Barrett play, people he knew. He had sixteen points. Uh, five rebounds, four assists. Not the most efficient shooting. Five of seventeen from the Let field. Let me jump in for a sec here, Ben. Line. Let me jump in for yeah, a sec. Yeah, Did he play solid though? This is my big issue with R.J. Barrett, and I'm gonna pitch it back to you before I chime in. Did he really play solid? He was. I, I'm not gonna say consi- all things considered. I think he was fine. Definitely not the most efficient shooting. Could have hit a few more open shots, but. I think you're gonna you're gonna bag on him a little bit, but I think he he show he shows some things as a rookie. He's in a horrible situation there in New York right now, whether it be the offense. The Knicks look out look, they're out there, even though they have some talented players. I want to say you know actual NBA players. They're not like the Knicks of two years ago that basically only had one or two NBA players. They have a lot of NBA guys on this team, but it looks like they have no direction. It looks like people are out there not knowing what they're all they're gonna do. They just cross over, cross over, cross over, shoot a shoot a contested three. It's not a healthy. Environment environment for development we've seen that with Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robbins who are very talented guys but I don't think they're playing up to their potential right now and hopefully RJ can overcome that that you know bad situation in New York but yeah it wasn't a great game by any means but I think he's doing well with with what he currently has it's I haven't actually watched an RJ Barrett game on the New York Knicks until tonight and the thing that Mm -hmm. disappointed me here tonight was you know he's coming in averaging about 50 points per game 15 and 15, 15 yeah. not 50. 50. That'd be crazy. That would be absolutely <laughs> absurd. And he and he had only four turnovers, right? And we see games like mm-hmm. they're forcing Kawhi Leonard to get turnovers. They're holding Embiid yep. to zero points in a game. Raptors' defense is good, so you can't really criticize there. Yep. But my big issue, yeah, it's not just the inconsistency, but my issue is I've watched R.J. Barrett growing up, so throughout college yep. and playing on Team Canada and – if there's one thing that everyone knows about RJ is that he was bred to play basketball. His father's mm-hmm. involvement in Team Canada, his strategic placements on each team that he played with, he's always been the number one guy. His godfather, Steve Nash. His godfather, his godfather Steve, Nash, Steve Nash, for Nash. crying out loud. Yep. Exactly. He's always been strategically placed. He's been the leader on every team, right? Whether he deserves it or not, mm-hmm. he's been the leader. He's been the number one guy, the alpha. My issue now watching the New York Knicks is their last place team in the East – and he still doesn't seem like the number one guy in this team. He's playing the most minutes out there tonight, and it, and, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the offense ever flowed through him. I felt like he put he you know he put up some shots when he got the ball, but I, I just didn't get 
any sense that that he was the number one guy out there that he's making his teammates better maybe i'm being a little bit too criticizing here but i did say that rj barrett was going to be the sure shot uh rookie of the year this season and he's not i don't even know Mm -hmm. if he's top three in contention so i'm just a little bit disappointed he started off the season really well, and you mentioned it. We have really high expectations for R.J. Barrett. He's around our age group. He played in, in my years growing up. I ended up playing, almost played against him at Nationals in, in Canada. We, we're we really rooting for this guy. And, yes, he, he hasn't been perfect, but I, I think he's been solid. I think he's not over-exceeded expectations or underperformed. I think this is, considering the Knicks, considering all that, I think he's pretty at a solid trajectory right now. But... We got to talk about the Toronto Raptors record. Pascal Siakam tonight, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 5 of 8 from the three-point line, 12 of 20, 22 from the field. This was easy money for Pascal tonight. What was his three-point percentage last season, Ben? It was below three, uh, 30%, wasn't it? It was. I believe it ended up going, it, and it was, pr- it was really bad to start the year last year, but it ended up after the All-Star break, I remember, corner threes and all that, it really improved it. So I don't know the specific number on True, hand, but, but yes, this time last year, it was very low. The change from last year to now hitting five for eight threes in a game, yeah. like even attempting eight threes, like if I had to pitch that mm. to you last season and yeah. say, hey, would you want Pascal Siakam attempting dribble, eight threes? Off the dribble, you know. <laughs> Crazy. Like, what an yeah, improvement. Crazy, crazy. He, he, I mean, he yeah. could go up for most improved player for a second year in a row, honestly. Yeah, no, he, he's been out here just playing out of his mind all season long. We, we've brought it up. He's slowly turning into that superstar player we're looking for to have playoff success. And you mentioned it. If he continues to hit these dribble pull-up threes, these shots above the break, because last year, even though his percentages got better, most of his shots were just set in the corner, no one really guarding him, and that's that's the only threes we're, we're looking for him. But now, as the focal point, he's taking them contested, all these sorts of stuff. The Knicks could not deal with Pascal Siakam tonight, and they couldn't really deal with anyone right now. I, I There's about six, seven players that scored over 10 points. You know, OG Anobi, he came out and played ridiculous defense, 13, of tw- uh, 13 points, 12 rebounds in this game. He was a plus 29 for this game. You know, OG's defense, specifically on RJ or whoever he was guarding, he played r- remarkable as well. It seemed like every time that RJ Barrett got the ball tonight, the defense was swarming him. I don't know if that was the yep. game plan, if they kind of assumed that he'd be the guy that they need to the shut down. One, yeah. Or if, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that he didn't have an easy time in his first showing in Canada. Either way, I, I mm-hmm. love the intensity because these are the games that are usually a wash for the Toronto Raptors. You know, they come out sluggish. Mm-hmm. They play at the tempo of the team that they're playing against, whether it's, you know, Atlanta Hawks or New York Knicks or any of these bottom-tier teams. I find that they... Yeah, they start off slow and then they kill them in the third. Exactly, and this was, something. except yeah. for the second half of the first quarter, they they put their foot on the gas and they maintained it the entire game and it's hard to mm-hmm. stay engaged defensively when you're winning by a large amount so i was really impressed uh, that that they were able to keep the intensity up for the entire game yeah certainly and everyone played played well it's tough it's tough to bring up cuz we had about 11 12 guys play and even off the deep bench people played well malcolm miller had 13 points he was absolutely inferno in the second half Shamir Pons came in the game or as Matt Devlin calls it pounds <laughs> he came in made so made a few nice drives I believe it was his rookie debut so shout out to him for getting his first career points looks like he has a lot of potential on offense the defense got blown by a couple times fouled a three-point shooter but I think he could be a guy that could be a little bit of a not a huge steal but another guy that might 
might be someone to look at in a couple seasons. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson off the bench. We just made a video on him. 12 points, 4 rebounds. Boucher, he was he was on fire tonight. He had 13 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Super aggressive. It, just everyone, even Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet, you could tell, was just chilling, letting everyone get the stay within the flow of the offense. He had 15 points, 4 assists. And Marc Gasol, actually, I won't, I'll talk about Gasol later because the big moment from this game is going to be in the segments. <laughs> but who, who stood out to you, Riker? Because everyone, everyone was just cooking. Well, as we were talking about before the podcast, my roommate had a, had a scary allergy attack, so I was only able mm-hmm. to watch the first half. And like I said, yeah. it, was, it was very well-rounded tonight in terms of the effort that I saw. You know, Terrence Davis, the one thing that I'll, I'll say, Terrence Davis, he came out just ready mm-hmm. to huck anything. In the yeah. first quarter or in the first half, I believe he had, you know, probably seven or eight attempts. And that's not bad. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been playing really well. It's just you, yep. you don't want to see somebody come in and force it too much. But other than that, I, I just think that everybody was – it was just an all-around game tonight, One of those, one of those nights. Yeah, honestly, and Terrence Davis, he's the one thing that I've been commending him so well is how he plays within the flow of the game. He does what the team needs. And tonight, when everyone's cooking, Riker, you just got to let it fly. You know, you just got to, if you got the skills like TD has, I have no problem with him. He he had 13 shots tonight. He's got to keep shooting. And man, everyone, everyone's just out here cooking. But, you know, we don't want to ramble on too, too much. We're going to swing it straight into the segments tonight. For me, Riker, the spicy P-Lay of the day, it's going to... Big Spain himself. He only had three points tonight, but the three that he had, you know, it was he was looking like Steph Curry. He took he got the ball. It was about three or four feet beyond the three point line, and no hesitation, just let it fly. He was looking like Steph Curry, looking like some Fred VanVleet in the playoffs last season with that range, and just splashed it down. You know, Gasol. You could tell Gasol was relaxed in this game. He wasn't trying to force too much, but to hit that three was just a. It was unfortunate for the Knicks. It kind of summed up this game for the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> that, yeah, I never saw it, but that's a <laughs> dagger, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But not all plays can be the spicy P-Lay of the day, and some just make you say, oh, geez. And tonight, do you have an OG's play in mind, Riker? Oh, mm, uh, nothing stands out in particular. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, towards, I think the a end, lot of towards the end of the game. Yep. Little bit of chippiness mm. between Mitchell Robinson yeah. and Terrence Davis. Did you see that? And yeah, th- well, that's going to feed into my Damari Carroll Gold Star. So I'll throw out I'll throw out an OGs out there. Malcolm Miller just banging all those threes. He had four for five in in the late stretch. So shout out to Malcolm Miller. Made me say OGs. Look at him just kick the Knicks while they're down. You, you, that makes you say OGs. Oh, watch the screen. And finally, the infamous, the one and only Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. And tonight, it's going to, you brought it up, Mitchell Robinson, because this game was over. This game was was completely in the bag. I think it was 126 to, to 98, so a 28-point deficit. And firstly, Mitchell Robinson takes an elbow and just elbows Chris Boucher underneath the rim going for a rebound. Boucher just looks, he, he's looking at the crowd, he's like, what? You know, he, he gives that kind of confused look. And then he, he uh, TD's taking the ball to the court, looking to dribble it out because there's no shot clock left, a 28-point deficit. And then Mitchell Robinson just runs at him and fouls like it's a like it's a two point game or something. What are you doing? What are you doing out there? He apologized to Boucher after the game, but what was Mitchell Robinson doing? Thinking on that record? I don't know. You know, it's embarrassing to get blown out by this much in the NBA. So mm-hmm. I, maybe tensions, emotions were high, but there's no place for it. You know, there's a place for it yeah. in the mid, you know, halfway through a game. 
score is close, yep. right? The chippiness mm-hmm. is is I, this is it's uncalled for. It's unnecessary. I totally agree with you, Ben. Yeah, certainly. It was, it was real confusing. But before we end it off, Riker, today there was a bunch of announcements that uh, Team Canada, they have the qualification, their final last chance qualification tournament for the Olympics. And uh, Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, RJ Barrett, they all announced that they're going to play. So it's really encouraging for Canada basketball. Those guys are going to be out there on the court to give us our one last chance at the, the Olympics. And tonight, to bring up Canada basketball, we had head coach Nick Nurse of Canada basketball in this game tonight. And he saw R.J. Barrett, Ignaz Brozdykas, uh, Chris Boucher, and uh, O'Shea Brizit all on the court at once. That's four Canadians on the same basketball court, Riker. Well, that, that's super cool. That's super cool. In Canada, in the, the city that just won the NBA championship, Canada basketball has really come a long way. Who are you saying starting lineup for Team Canada, assuming that the guys that have said that they're going to commit do commit? Ooh, that, I, I don't know the full list of people that I, that commit, but... If if we're going to throw one out there, I'd say Jamal Murray, Shea, RJ, uh, Tristan Thompson usually plays, yep. so I'm going to assume that he's playing. Yep. And then maybe, honestly, the way Boucher's uh, playing, he might end up sneaking in there over Olenek. I'd say Olenek's there right now. We, we never even talked about this. You and I never talked about it. That is the exact starting lineup that I would have said. Some people yep. are saying that um, yeah, Olenek, maybe even Dwight Powell. Um, and yeah, Dwight Howell's been really good for the Mavs this year. Kem Birch, I know he'll play for Canada. Mm-hmm. Who are other bigs? I thought we had one more big name guy. Can't remember. Tristan Thompson. Dylan, is Dylan a, Brooks is, is not too bad coming off Dylan the bench. Brooks. Corey Joseph yep. coming off the bench. People are speculating Andrew Wiggins will play. I I highly doubt it. He has a terrible relationship with uh, Canada basketball. Just stems back from a well, few Jay years. Jay Triano is no longer the coach though. Jay the the one saving grace of that may be that Jay Triano is no longer the coach. Obviously, Jay benched him and. Wiggins' first tournament against uh, Venezuela and benched him for Dorna Camp when Wiggins was... It, that, it made no sense as a coaching decision. We haven't seen Wiggins play on Team Canada since, so hopefully now he'd be willing to, to suit up for the team, but yeah, I'm not I'm not going to hold my breath with Wiggins, but it's he's still been a nasty rejuvenated team. his career. Without yeah. him, it's still a nasty yeah. team. Yeah, certainly. There's a lot of great Canadians in the league, and you know, hopefully they can win this qualification tournament, and hopefully all the Canadians continue to ball out in the league, but anyways... That's enough from us. The Toronto Raptors completely squashed the Knicks tonight. You're the best for making us fire on this podcast. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, you have any last words? Bonjour. <laughs> or what's the goodbye? Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Cheers.